Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the brand new bot, bot Lobby official podcast with myself, Grandmaster Doge, and Katie Bedford. This is technically our first episode. We've done a couple trial runs, but first episode under this branding. So welcome in. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. If you don't know, we are a competitive Warzone podcast focusing on the comp and the tournament scene in particular. And we're going to be bringing in a lot of different pros and other players in the community uh, to give us some insight from behind the scenes from the player perspective of what they're able to see. We've got some interviews today with... With somebody that a lot of you know back home but not every episode will we have this and katie i've got to introduce you because look there's a reason we're doing this this is the first official episode you and i have casted an ungodly amount of warzone right that's that's why we're doing this we've watched a ton of warzone we love the game and we've mm -hmm. been plugged in from the production side for a very long time and i'm so happy that we're able to do it together because we've been able to cast together on a lot of events but you also have a ton of experience from the hosting and casting side even outside of warzone and bring a lot of really cool perspectives so uh, i'm really happy to have you here as as my co-host yeah, I think this is going to be great. I think uh, collectively, uh, I imagine by a large margin, you and I uh, have cast the most Warzone uh, out of pretty much everyone. So when I say that I feel like we um, kind of are on the pulse of what is happening, I, I think that's very accurate. Uh, Blast, who we'll have on in a minute, I've actually um, had the pleasure of getting to... Uh, I guess, commentate over him uh, when he was a pro and since being retired now uh, as he moves into the competitive war zone scene. Um, but that, that's what we're excited about, right? We, uh, in one of our test runs, we had Shifty on in the previous episode. That went really well to kind of get his perspective on a, a lot of the things that are going on, his personal experiences with full squad gaming, kind of the cheating accusations. And now we get the other side of things uh, to see from not only the, the perspective of a competitive Warzone player, but also one who was formerly a pro player um, to get some of the background insight that we both as casters and as viewers might not be uh, have access to uh, kind of some of the behind the scenes of how things work. Uh, and of course, all the fun tidbits, the uh, the recaps and the drama and the cheating and, and all that. <laughs> because and that's one of the great things about competitive Warzone, Goach, is that we're never wanting for juicy tidbits to discuss. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is so much drama in this space. Some of it's hilarious and some of it's extremely serious. And our goal is to bring uh, all the information to a one kind of congested area or one compiled area so that you don't have to scour Twitter for hours and hours like I do every single night to figure out what's going on in the scene, who's playing with who, who's not playing with who, trying to add some dynamic to uh, this kind of like team-based game but also a very individual space that we have here uh, in the warzone comp scene especially without an official league so excited to continue to do that going forward i promise our intros won't be near as long going forward and on our future episodes but we have a lot of familiar faces here in the live stream as a reminder we do this live every single week wednesday at 2 p.m is our current time slot we're going to test that out for a little while live on grandmaster doge twitch channel which is my name and then we also have a new youtube channel we just created bot lobby podcast it's linked in the live chat. It will also be linked in the description of the YouTube as well as the podcast platform once that is live so where you can go back and watch the VOD-based content. It'll be cut for you on either side so it's even easier to digest. And then, of course, we'll also be posting this as a podcast on audio forums. And, hey, we're always looking for sponsors as well. So keep that in mind if you're a sponsor out there. You like what we talk about. You like the Warzone scene. You want to be plugged in in some other way, maybe in a news source type of way. You have an audience you want to reach. We're more than happy to have a conversation with you about that. All right. Katie, I think we got all of the things we wanted to get out of the way. We have a very special guest that is about to hop on the line with us in just a couple moments. We've got 
Uh, a lot to talk about today. You you just came off of uh, a well, really, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, Rebirth tournament we've seen thus far with the Baka Bros. is a $50,000 tournament. Our guest today played in that event. Uh, in order to prep the audience for our guest and some of the talking points today, you want to give us just a very brief recap of the event you just hosted and why this kind of leads into this conversation with our guest. Yeah, of course. So uh, you set it up well there. It was, of course, a 50K, and um, how the money was parsed out was a little bit different than usual, and it went by game. So there was uh, essentially 10 uh, custom lobby games, and for the highest scoring team in each game, they won $3,000. Um, with the 15 teams, they were divvied up five apiece to, five apiece to the team captains in um, Repulse, Lucky, and J-God, and whoever cumulatively had the best set of Five trios also got 5,000 distributed to their teams. And then there was 15,000 given out to first through third for overall scores by the time it was done. So it was interesting, different couple ways for people to be able to um, earn their cash. And well, it was one of the qualifying teams that actually came out on top. It was Team M Sage that ended up winning the whole event. They won a qualifier. Uh, they looked incredibly strong throughout the entirety of the tournament. They were jockeying for a while with Tommy's team for first and second before in the latter half of the tournament, pulling away and getting a consistent hold on first place and that is where they finished it it was m sage's first major tournament win uh, it might have been unveiled as well i'm not sure uh but it was certainly a first for them and it was really exciting to be able to talk to him after the fact and experience that with him uh team tommy did come in second place as you guys know that's going to be tbe tommy almond and noobs and then booyah's team uh ended up coming in third which was uh booyah and uh, Diaz's team. And I, I mean, based on the kind of the lineups, I'm not particularly surprised by those sure. outcomes. I think the biggest surprise there is that M Sage's team took first and Tommy's team didn't take first because we know how impactful they are when TBE plays as a trio. Um, but I think toward the end of it, that, that fairly wraps up how things went for the most part. But uh, as we'll discuss uh, maybe with Blast once he gets in here, um, there, were, uh, there were some tweets from Scummin uh, that we'll dive into a bit later that uh, kind of ruffled some feathers, had people take a look at what was going on based on, you know, maybe inferring someone might be cheating, some sus stuff might be going on. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, there was the the thief temp ban on Twitter or on sure. Twitch, rather, which meant that he couldn't play and forced, uh, uh, unfortunately, destroyed Z to have to scramble last minute. They ended up picking up Skullface. So kind of a, a nutshell recap. But uh, yeah, we can go ahead and uh, prep blast, bring him in yeah. and kind of take him off of that. And I think a great way to translate this is we're going to talk about the Baka Bros event of course because it was it was a great one it was a huge event uh Blast did play in that event but also what we've seen over the last year is Warzone events trying to take on all of these different types of forms whether it's different maps different formats and there's been a couple faces and names that are very audible uh in terms of what they like or don't like about the scene and one of the people that always comes to, to mind is Blast and so what we're going to talk to him a lot about today in just a second is his opinion on the state of competitive warzone in general which i'm really excited to hear um it'll I'll, i won't even prep it you guys can hear what he has to say but also his kind of take on some of the different formats that are cycling around whether it's rebirth or whether it's uh, you know kill multipliers or things like that it's always great to hear some of the players perspective so we're going to start the call with him right now and uh and this will probably be edited out in the actual audio version if this takes a second but katie let's go ahead and jump over to that call i'm going to start the call over there now with video and uh, you should be able to join that we should get started with blast Excited to bring him in. All righty. Yup, yup. 
Boom. Okay. Okay. They're opposite. That's good. We love that. Crushing it. You're crushing it. <laughs> Once Blast gets his camera on, I will. I will fix that. Should we need to? Blast. If he is in here. I mean, I'm suddenly much better at Call of Duty, but. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll all wait for him to get in here and see if he can answer it. But while we wait for Blast to get in here and Katie, you're on the main stage. Um, no. we'll see if he'll, he'll join. Um, again, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I think the, oh, yeah, we're, we're really there. Let's go back to here until he joins. Um, I think the thing that I'm excited to bring Blast on about, of course, is, you know, his, his opinion on the tournament scene, because a lot of people right. have opinions, but also his opinion on the tournament scene under the context that he used to be a CDL pro, which is a, yeah. which is a huge difference. So we'll see what this does. All right, nice. Yeah, he's so in good. here. Love it. Let's see if I can. Oh yeah, I'm doubled up. I'm here for a good time. We love this. Blast, how you doing, brother? Good, good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. We're going to get you, uh, we're going to get you in here and, uh, in the future we will do this even easier, but thanks for joining at a kind of a last second and, being willing to hop on here and have some conversation around Warzone. Oh, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm here to discuss. <laughs> Love that. Um, well, certainly a lot to discuss, Lord knows. Oh, yeah. You got the cam on and everything. Let's go. Love that. Uh, all right. So I, I think a lot of people here that are know you, I mean, obviously, you've been in the scene for a really long time from the COD uh, multiplayer scene, of course, into Warzone. First and foremost, I have to ask... Uh, how are well okay there's a lot of ways we could go with this to start and i don't want to open up the, the the bag too wide yet let's start let's start first with your story blast very briefly what was the big draw to warzone coming out of cod multiplayer um you know once there was like you know your opportunity to retire and you came over to warzone what what was the first thing that attracted you to warzone and where did you kind of see your future in warzone going once you got started uh I mean, that was like, I'm going to say the obvious for any Warzone player, but simply like the amount of money that's in yeah. Warzone is just honestly, it's absurd. Like, especially for just being online competitions, which I mean, like some it's, you know, it's amazing because it, people get an opportunity to make a living off of a video game. Right. But with like, with everything being on PC, like I'm sure you've seen the, like, you know, the number two, uh, rank yeah. player on Vanguard, for example, was just, you know, cheating and uh, you know just obviously like with it being on pc there's just too much money for it to be um without like land events in my opinion at least i mean like, any pro player will say that from experience because like no one wants to play an online tournament well i guess it's different because you know warzone's a br but like it, if it was on console online wouldn't matter but it's just dude, sure. it, it's so it's so easy to hack man like it, it's just <laughs> absurd and with the amount of like money there is like I just don't want to play and be like, okay, well, I don't know if I'm either just, you know, buns or if, sure, you know, the guy is just, you know, boxed up. Sure. That to totally makes sense. But one of the main attractive things for a lot of the pros coming over was like, look, there's so much war money being poured into Warzone. I think we could all agree with that. I was just oh, saying. Especially, and especially the, the, I mean, the, the BR genre, especially just for like even streamers has been just way more generous than just being like a, like a, like a multiplayer streamer for example like i mean the viewers and the, the amount of like if it's subs you get as a br streamer it's just like it's kind of difference you know if you want to stay in gaming i mean you'd be just being an idiot not to play a br right now like just the reality of the 
sure ma makes a ton of sense and i think a lot of people are saying the same i mean we've had this conversation offline before about how there's there's certain people that their content is just straight up competing right and i think that's a lot of of the quote-unquote pros in warzone right like you have somebody like almond who's won like 90 something thousand dollars since caldera dropped, oh, yeah, and, he, sure. and he's playing in a 1600 tournament that lasts 12 hours because it's just content that's what you do when you stream so to yeah. totally understand that so I wonder, Goj, do we, um, I mean, do we want to kind of keep in the vein of what Blast was talking about with um, the cheating? Do we yeah. want to kind of start with um, the kind of the Baca recap? Or... Yeah, let's, let's talk like Let's talk about the, the the hacking conversation. Let's talk about the Baca Bros event in particular. Yeah. Um, and then we can kind of have a larger conversation around uh, just general formats. Yeah, so uh, something we noticed, and um, it's always a coin toss on if it's a bait tweet or not, um, but we saw during the Baca event that Scummin was uh, tweeting out and essentially in inferring that Unveiled was cheating, and then he since deleted them. Uh, and we know that murmurings like that happen a lot, sometimes legitimately, sometimes not so legitimate, but um, kind of what was your take? Do you have opinions on that? Like, was that just Scummin baiting and being Scummin, or or is there something more there that pros are kind of pushing out? Honestly, that was just honestly hilarious because I was watching, <laughs> I was spectating and veiled uh, their team when they won this game and they killed Scummin's team endgame. And it was just honestly hilarious because Enveiled shot Scummin's body and I just know Scummin's like personality. <laughs> and, that, and that's when Scummin started going rogue on the social media and stuff because the second Enveiled <laughs> shot his body. So he got his body shot and yeah, tweeted that yeah. he's cheating. Well, yeah, that's not why he shot his body. I mean, like, everybody has their own, like, suspicions. And I know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly, like, after that whole thing I went through, bro, I honestly just don't even care anymore, like, about... Uh, well, I don't even care anymore about cheaters because I've already tried my... I've already tried to do everything I can to, you know, do something about it, but... But like then I mean I don't even want to like come on here and just like disrespect people, but like I mean we watched that whole. Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't watch it personally because I knew it was a waste of time. But that um, that NRG Castle thing, you know, like I think that that was just like uh, everything that I just was like did was just completely just thrown out the window just because of what's it called on what they did. Like it was just the amount of tweets I get now saying. Oh, you know, this guy went to a control facility and shot 10 pup kids in the back. He's obviously the best player in the game. That's when I just literally knew I just shouldn't be talking about things anymore because if I'm getting tweets like that, there's no saving. Like, there's no sure. saving the whole cheating thing because people genuinely believe that, like, like I even said, he's an above average player. He can shoot his gun. It's not that, like, there, there's no denying that. Like, I know, I can see he knows how to play the game, but when you're just literally aimbotting, like, it just, you know, it's pretty blatant, but. You know, you shoot ten. You, you shoot ten pub kids in the back, and you're cleared. So, yeah, I think that's when, that's when I talked to. So. Yeah, sure, totally understandable. And I, and I think this goes to a larger conversation that I, I really did want to bring you in on. And, and there's no no reason to even name names for for any of this going forward. It's more so just a general conversation around the oh, issues sure. issues with Warzone right right now, or or the the hacker situation um, that isn't being like necessarily fixed. And so, like in your POV, we've had some conversations offline, like. It seems like, which is totally reasonable, that our, you know, pro players, former pro players, people that have played the game at the highest level have probably the best understanding under, uh, you know, who is cheating and who's not. 
uh, oh, for sure. right. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, it comes across also as the the mob mentality or who can swing the biggest following around too. It's like, hey, we're gonna th- the gatekeep question always comes into play from the smaller streamer side or the smaller oh, competitor, yeah, no. right? I, I I hate all. That. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a double edged sword. But yeah. going back to your point that we had a conversation about, I mean, what would it even look like in your opinion to like? Is there a way that you could? pull together a bunch of the old pro players or, or consistently like still now pro players and like create some sort of like a a board of directors to help talking, tournament yeah, organizers are you talking like warzone pros or yeah CDL pros? well i mean i would i would say cdl pros that maybe came over to warzone i mean it could be a mix of both too to make sure it's uh you know a bit more like wider variety but like i'm yeah. talking about some of our conversations we've had around tournaments because the big issue right now is like yes hackers are a problem but the fact that people are making a living playing this game and then the theoretically true or not are being robbed of that living by people that are not doing it legit is the problem and so is there a way uh, i mean that you guys could create uh, like a board right uh i mean there there was a like a wars and wager chat like well there still is one i just left it because honestly i some of the stuff i was reading in there i just like i don't know i couldn't do it anymore so i said look you guys have fun all this stuff i'm i'm gone i just left but there's a wars and wager chat and i'll pretty much all like every single like top pro is in that chat right yeah so like if you, you can consider that like a board meeting type thing because what's discussed in there is just you know stuff that like cheaters wager resets tournaments everything you know everything is talked about in there and uh but i mean there's only so much you can do right because there's two ways like this like this is the way i was looking at it because personally like people are telling me like you know other streamers have like yeah i'm kind of like going about it the wrong way because like i mean dude like i'm playing a cheater for x amount of money right and like like knowing i literally am at a disadvantage because somebody is cheating like it just drove me clinically insane and then like sure. when they especially talk shit afterwards like it's like i don't know it's something about it. it's maybe my competitive nature but it drove me insane so i literally was not going to sit there and let this like you know let people get away with it so you know um but the two ways there is you can either like like me go out all out on twitter or whatever social media platform and try to get the person you know like punish banned whatever that may be but then there's also that argument's like, oh, I'm just jealous. Um, you know, like you're ruining somebody's career. And then like there's two sides to it. So either like I'm just doing the right thing or I'm just getting abashed by whoever. Because the amount of tweets I got of people just saying I'm jealous, I'm washed, just, you know, you're just garbage, blah, blah, blah. He's up, he's up, he's like, he's like 18 and cracked up next or something. Like it was just absurd, you know? Like so, um, and then when I saw Husker, especially like if you have Huskers, like, you know, tweeting things, man. Like, you know, somebody who has a million or probably a million followers on Twitch right now, and, like, he's huge, right? Like, an S-tier streamer in the Warzone category. That's, like, undeniable. Like, mm-hmm. if he's going to go and say that, you know, that's that's a pretty big, like, risk for his brand, right? Yep. Say say if he's not cheating, right? Say if he's not cheating. Like, like you know, tweeting something like that, it could ruin your image for sure. But, like, you know, there's, like I said, there's two ways. Either you're salty or you actually have a brain and realize that, yeah, he's cheating. But it, I, I feel like this this Twitter approach is is it coming from the fact that you guys don't feel like there's any other feasible way to kind of express um, um, concerns about people? Well, uh, I did. So I privately contacted before that tournament when all that happened. I'm honestly like I, I'm not going to name names. I privately messaged. I think it was Boom that was hosting at the time. I want to say it was Boom. It was Boom. Yeah, I probably messaged him. I said, "Look, man, like, look at these clips, and if you think this guy is remotely legit, uh, like, I don't know what to tell you because I, I like, I had 
you know, Clayster, Krim, people who have six rings combined, you know, like, like a bunch of other CDL pros commenting on it, all the top Warzone people saying, yeah, this guy's full of shit, I can't believe he's in the tournament, and nothing was done. I probably contacted them, and they didn't, they didn't do anything, and then, obviously, I played him in the tournament, and then it's just like, dude, this is just ridiculous. Like, I don't... The guy was number one category overall and everything. Like, it was just, like, I don't know. It kind of been more blatant. And, like I said, I tried privately messaging him and nothing happened. So, like, if that doesn't work, then there's only one other way to do it, you know? Like, there's just sure. only one other way. And that's just, you have to go the social route. So, I wonder then, when we take a look at something like this, obviously, you you were, are, rather, uh, a retired pro. So, you are familiar with how structured pro play is and CWL, CDL, whatever it may be. Uh, th that structure does not exist in competitive Warzone because it's not inherently a structured league in any capacity. Do you feel like it has to move in that direction for things like this to have actual solutions? Or do you think that moving in a, a more structured direction wouldn't actually help when it comes to things like this? Uh, I mean, I really, like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know, like, what, like, if there's, if there's, like, no Warzone lands, I really don't know what could be done. I mean, you can, because, like, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with the hacks nowadays, but they are like absurd. Like yeah. I'm talking like it's it's like literally like you can hide like you can hide that like the FBI won't find it. It's ridiculous. Like especially there's an and like and the and the things people will like, use the excuse like oh but there's an anti cheat. So, like you know like how are they cheating? I mean, dude, it, a, a, any game on PC, especially it's like free to play, it's most likely gonna be, be able to be hackable, right? I mean, I, honestly, I wonder how Fortnite does it so good. I wonder how yeah. Fortnite really does it because I've never seen a cheating problem in that game, especially at the highest level. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, maybe if it, maybe if it's like maybe it's because the building aspect, like there's no point right. to have like you know something on you can just have to like you know if, even if you're cheating, if I'm out building you, like like what can you do? Yeah, and, and there's uh, probably uh there's there's probably an easy way easier way to track um people that are actually cheating because bloom is such a, a huge part right. of, of fortnite to where if your accuracy is above a certain level there's just no way that's even possible with bloom but i don't know um but yeah it's a great so point step in that, that regard is more so than try and have more lands uh yeah i mean that's i feel like that's the only actual way that i mean i don't know because there are a lot of wars on people that i know that will not fly out for like like a 25k i mean uh, like i don't know i just don't even know because that just costs a lot more money and it's just way easier obviously for every party if it just hosted online so realistically i i just don't see consistent lands yeah if anything probably like once every few months yep. that's about it yeah i think uh you know katie and i have an opportunity to be on the back end quite a bit and have a little bit of insight on some of those conversations just because we, we do all of the casting and work with production companies and i and i know lands are coming but that is a is a really good question. I mean, blast even for you who who doesn't you play in a good amount of tournaments, but you don't you don't you're not a what I call like a, a tournament freak, like a like a almond or somebody that plays in a twelve hundred dollar tournament every day or something like that, right? Like that's not really your stick. So what would it take for you to fly out to a land? I'll play. I'll play. I'll play anything on land. <laughs> like I don't so know. You would, I mean, you would probably fly I mean, out for just about I'll, any tournament. I'll fly out for twenty five k. Like I mean, I don't care. Like yeah, I. Like, is as long as it's the same like uh people who are playing and everything those are my you know i have no issue traveling i've never had an issue traveling i think that if we're gonna try to set like 
a standard like the high like the big tournaments should be on land like yeah. they, like 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 the customs i mean i don't know about the tkrs because like i don't know how that would make sense for it to be on land but i mean i would do anything about 25k but i mean like i know people who like the higher end streamers like you know who are making a certain amount of money just from you know streaming stuff like they wouldn't want to take time off their stream you know to go play a 25k you know when yeah. they can make that a day like <laughs> Like, you know, it's just a discussion because you can't uh, what we talked about. You you can't essentially co-stream if it's a land like you can't sit on your stream making money on your stream while also making money in a tournament. So that is I mean, I mean that's a great point, right? If it's if it's a smaller level land, then you're going to kind of price out a lot of people who just you're might not gonna, want to take the time. You're probably going to lose money because say if you don't win the tournament, um, let's just say like it's a standard three day event, right? Which I mean, I would guess rewards wouldn't make sense, but let's just say it's a weekend, right? And usually people, if you fought tournaments that you want to hang out with people you haven't seen because, you know, talk to them online. Like, let's just say you're an S-tier streamer. If you're gone for four days, let's just say you don't win the tournament, you're quite literally just losing money. Yeah. Like, and people aren't just going to do that. It's yeah. Not and that's, that is the larger conversation that we have an issue with with Warzone. Not only are lands incredibly... Um, hard to execute it's definitely possible but they are very hard to execute but isn't there also a bunch of bugs on uh customs for land or no uh it, or... it's more so the the facilities because you have to be able to have you know at least 70 plus pcs to even have some sort of a viable land if you're not doing mini royale um which mini royale yeah. is not necessarily people's favorite for format uh, yeah, um, well, i mean a good example of this is like goes like with the wonderland right so yeah. with wonderland when we did that live um they they used a production company that was already established it was the the world poker whatever they're called the the poker people with aria yeah, in sure. las vegas and they use their entire production studio so the venue the audio everything was already ready to go with a system of people who knew how to use it and how to execute on it and even though they had that which did make production quality very high there were people who dealt with PCs that were just garbage, that were getting 60 frames per yeah. second, that were just like, and that kind of just kind of cost them in the tournament, right? Because yes, you can play, but when everyone else is playing on a PC that works and you're stuck on 60 FPS, you're not going to have a good time. So there, there's a lot of just logistical problems that go into um, kind of getting everything up and running from attack point, but also it is by an order of magnitude uh, immensely more expensive to do a land. Oh, for sure. I mean, I couldn't even imagine much like money all that costs, and it's just sure. like it's just it's just not worth it when you can quite literally just do everything online. You know, like it's hundred well, percent. But it, at the same time, you look at those lands, and when they do happen, they're incredible. Oh, yeah. The viewership. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the viewership is great. You get the interactions of people in person. It's just I feel like. I mean, especially kind of with the pandemic being, and maybe you'd say a bit more of a, a stable place. I absolutely think that they need to have more lands. Yeah, and and I think like also a larger conversation than going into the next question is, you know, Activision has been putting an absurd amount of money into this into this war zone scene. I mean, it's it's undeniable, regardless of the issues. Oh, like, I mean, <laughs> we've had I, I have the sheet in front of me. I mean, it was one point four million dollars in tournament pricing since Caldera dropped, and that's only on Big Map, not including anything Rebirth. 
1.4 million in four months. It's crazy. Now, some of those yeah, are Twitter buy-ins and stuff. Redonk was like 9 million, right? That yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was something absurd. And so you could tell they care about the scene. They care about running tournaments to keep people playing the game, to keep their biggest streamer, streamers entertained and competing and all of those things. It's all important to them. So why not run lands? And I know there are lands coming. I know there's some CDL-based team lands coming down the road uh, that will take a long time to execute. But talking about that and how hard those are to execute i mean let's let's jump into format blast like what is your favorite format to play you know despite all the issues we have with hackers and stuff like what is like the perfect format from a competitive standpoint uh i mean dude if i'm being just like completely honest i mean i think i think 2v2s are probably just the best overall even though i like me personally like i mean my opinions to be different than like other people but after playing pro cod and then playing this the skill gap i just think is very minimal to what like i mean i don't know i can't i can't, it's hard to say that because obviously there's like consistent winners like Tom, like tommy and Allman, for example and like noobs like they've been just running shit but i also like they're, I, I think they've they've only been the same trio throughout from Redon to Caldera. Like everybody else is like dude i can't remember last time i played with a set three for more than like two tournaments Right, and that's what frustrates right. me. But I think two v twos though are probably just the best overall, just because it brings in more viewers for sure. Uh, I mean, the chance of you having a crazy play in customs is, you know, kind of slim because of how fast you die. And you know, trying to go one v three a team of five KD players is just nearly impossible unless you are, you know, the best player in the world. But even then, um, but yeah, I think two v twos are by far the best, especially in Caldera. That's interesting because I would. I would think that obviously everyone likes to watch their favorite streamers, pub stop kids, but yeah, it's true. interesting to me that you say that because I would think that there's more RNG involved in kill oh, races no. like that. Oh, no, there, is, there is for sure. No, no, no. There like there is, but the way I look at it is like, so in customs, um, let's just say for example, it's like a 120 player custom player. I'm playing trios. I go land, let's just say, for example, beachhead, right? And if one other team lands a beachhead, like say we both fast drop beachhead, right? Like it's a 50 50 on whoever gets the better gun first. I can find a blimpy 40, he can find a wide armaguera, whatever the gun's called. And then, like, that's what I don't like about customs. Like, that's just the one thing I hate about there. Like, if we, it, like, people just get better guns off the bat, and then, especially the whole, like, I don't think UAVs belong in customs either. I think that's ridiculous. Sure. You know, like I'm, I'm forced Ooh, to grab go. Mazina's in chat, so hey, <laughs> we might, Tell we boom. might want another blast man. Tell boom, ban them all. No, I mean, I wouldn't say my opinion's like you know more like uh, it would, it would hold more than like people like you know Tommy and all that stuff. But I just think a lot of things like UAVs, um, and all that stuff is just like very corny. But so, would you say if, if when it comes to a customs blast, would you say then that? UAV is kind of your major pet peeve. Is there anything else that you think just uh, like just to hear your your uh, opinion? Is there anything else you think shouldn't oh, be allowed or banned I mean, it, that are is banned uh, that shouldn't be? Oh, I mean sensor grenades now for sure. Though I don't know if you guys watched that Reaper's grenade, but yeah, yeah, no, you could hit. Who was it? Juki's got hit at the top of the sniper tower from someone on the ground. On game ten, I put on a restock snapshots because like uh, Slags told me to run them. Dude, it was absurd. We like we were in. I forgot what building it was, but it has like four stories to it on Rebirth, and I just kept snapped around this kid on the bottom floor over and over again and then we waited and we just triple pinched them knew exactly what it was then no chance yeah like, it's like and the thing is how fast you want to like restock too like they're actually broken like they need to be immediately removed from the game like 
I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say pose, but for competitive, for sure. I mean, I don't know. There's so many things that could be banned in like customs, but then at that point, like, are you like even playing Warzone? Because if I'm being honest, yeah. I think 90% of the things could be banned, and obviously, like, the developer wouldn't want that. To just be real, sure. Like, in the CDL, in in the CDL, they even like don't like it when like when you GA things, right? Like the new right. gun, the Volt, just got GA. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, did. I, I think that's just such an interesting conversation too. I mean, obviously the end all be all for this would be a- allowing us to have a real customs, uh, you know, format where we can, you know, ban things inside oh, of the actual launcher and you've got, or inside the menu and nobody has to worry about it. Cause I saw, I think it was Iceman Isaac that said something along the lines of, I like customs. The problem with them are besides the RNG of like getting a gun off the rip and you lose if you don't get a good gun is the fact that every single tournament I go into, I land and I'm like, crap, can I even use this weapon? Because a lot of oh, our, the rule sure. sets are different yeah. and it takes you out of the competitive mind space. So, you know, I, I wonder if there's a way working with people like yourself and working with other competitors in the scene that we create an overarching, here's the customs rule set that every tournament organizer should use so that it's always the oh, same. That, that should be a thing for sure. I mean, there's like, it like this reminds me of, um, Back in the online SND days, when we used to play SD tournaments online, um, there was like, I think, two or three websites we played on. And every single website had a different rule set and different map set. It made no sense. It's like, be like, are you guys like smoke? Like, why am I playing? Like, and like, that's what leads, like, uh, well, it, w- it wasn't just for Warzone, but for like us back in the day, like, we just pretty much like stopped playing a certain website because, like, dude, they just would not listen. And like, they just kept having like the dumb things in. It just, you know, but I mean, that, I mean, that should be a thing, but also, like it, it makes it hard because so obviously the ground loot guns are always changing right yeah. and uh, um they're gonna have band attachments sometimes right like the insane rounds for example i forgot i think like all the purple variants right now does the ground loot have them yeah and that's just really like bad because i mean dude if i land somewhere right in a tournament and let's just say that's the only option I mean, like, am I just going to get screwed because, you know, the, the ground loot is just banned and, you know, this guy, let's just say he picks up a blue variant that he can use and I have to either use a pistol or just risk forfeiting using the purple variant, right. you know? Like, I think that's just so corny and the fact that I have to, like, deal with things like that is just, you know, not fun. Super interesting. I wonder then, and I, I don't know if there's actually a way to feasibly track this or if it would work at all, but uh, I wonder, Goj, if it's something where there could be accommodations for first landing yeah, and guns that are available to you upon that first landing. That has been the case in the past. What, what sucks like, too is can like... you pick up whatever guns available to you and then as soon as you find a gun that yeah. is not within that, like drop that and pick that one up. I don't know. It just, it's so but, subjective. But I, I agree with Blast that it it is inherently... Um, unfair that just depending on where you choose to land or if someone lands there first you might be stuck in a situation where you automatically lose because you can only use your pistol yeah it, it's it's a, inherently a problem because it's so subjective it's so hard for an organizer to to like verify if you start adding stipulations like that where it's like first gun you can right. use this then you have to drop like we would have to go back and review all vods and like verify when somebody gets killed by incendiary weapons was it their first weapon was it their second like right. it's just too much um which is why a lot of organizers have said hey if it's ground loot you can use it even if it has banned attachments uh some have it but some have done that and that seems to work better but then it's almost like well i'd rather just run this gun the entire time because is better than a lot well, of no i mean that that definitely is uh i mean i think everything should be allowed until first let besides the obvious like launchers or something like that yeah but i mean like that was the no so that was the problem i think 
forgot which season it was or what like what time period the game was but there was uh oh it was when the brand was ridiculous right yeah so yeah what they're, so like what the thing was they're saying is uh you could use bren ground loot but you can't um use it after you load out but the thing is the purple bren uh at the time was pretty much a loadout brand it was actually yeah. like and this was when like we were using the the what's it called them the cooper for customs i remember because the automaton wasn't being used at the time because they got harder um we were using the cooper and uh, i remember vividly i actually remember this like it was yesterday uh i died of jukies in the back and he yeah. had a purple brand and he, he was right next to his loadout but he didn't hit it because like it was the it was when the ground up 40 was also godlike so he just had a green up 40 in the back pocket which is pretty much a loadout up 40 if i'm being honest and it was really good like i used to use that thing all the time clubs and he had a purple brand and i died immediately so there's zero chance and he's on eu ping and I was just like, bro, like this is ridiculous. Guy's not even hitting loadout because he has better guns than me, and I'm hitting loadout. Like, I thought that was a little corny, but I mean, that's just how it is, though. But I mean, now the ground looks pretty, pretty like you know, bad in general. So, see, I don't see anybody ever saying that again. That they'd rather yeah. use ground loadout over their loadout. I mean, Goj, I saw that, uh, and Mazita was saying he's all ears uh, in chat when we kind of take a step back to having a universal, uh, if anything, at least customs rule set. I mean, is that a situation, Blast, where you feel like you want to see the E-fuses and the booms and a group of competitive players come together to settle on something? Or is that oh, something yeah. you'd rather see just the TOs doing on their own? Uh, I mean, I, I would definitely just say, like, you know, people like Huskers, Tommy, Almond, News, or just anybody in the top, like, 25, 20, 15, however many people they want, just in a call and get, like, a universal rule set. I mean, I don't see an issue in that at all. I think it would just um, benefit the game for sure. Yeah. I also, think, I also think if they don't agree to ban snipers, I think they're all debated because sniping is... I think Warzone's got to be like the cheesiest thing ever. Like, like well, you I dealt with that in the Rebirth tournament. Oh yeah, it was. It wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think snipers are, especially in a good player's hands, because snipers have aim assist. I'm not sure if you guys know, but snipers have aim assist, and it's quite literally like the easiest thing in the world. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my kid can use a uh, car 98, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's just it's it's just way too easy, and like, and with how Warzone is, like, if you get one knock off of one lucky sniper shot like you know i like if i don't have a self-revive you know it's you're you're gonna lose the fight in a customs majority of the time unless you absolutely throw like if i hit one lucky edge i'll just say on almond you know i'm just outnumbering noobs and tommy just body stacking which should win the trades yeah so right. one little sniper shot and i'm mean i remember me and mutex won a customs uh in verdance it was uh duos customs and car 98s were allowed uh i'm pretty sure me and i were using double car 98s and a duos on verdansk and we literally like our first game we had like 60 points or something like that like it was like 30 something kills and a win we were both just sniping i i remember that tournament vividly i know exactly yeah. what you're talking uh, about yeah, i mean was... the gun's been a, an issue for a long time modern warfare car 98 still is right even with the nerf like you just throw the focus oh, perk, on, perk on it it doesn't uh, matter it, 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 i mean to that point though uh based on the q a that the baka bros had recently um with teddy from raven software they he very seriously implied that um upcoming they are going to be doing an overhaul of marksman i sure. i think it might have been repuls who specifically asked about the marksman rifle headshots how overpowered they are and he did imply that uh we should be looking forward to a world perhaps where those marksman rifles are not as powerful as the 
AX50 or anything else. So I, I do sure. think at least in that regard, their power is going to probably be tuned down very fairly significantly. I'm not sure when, but it does seem like it's going to be something on the horizon. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I don't know. I'll be curious to see what they actually do with it, because if they take away the one-shot headshot, you will never use those guns again. Oh, um, for sure. And the side. thing is, I just don't... I just don't see that happening, honestly, until Warzone 2, just due to the fact of how popular the Car 98 is. And I guarantee you, it's probably one of the most used guns, for sure. I mean, it's got to be top three. Like, yeah. there's just no way it's not. Because whenever I play, like, I've, like, I was playing Caldera earlier, and, like, ever since, like, every, every time I play Caldera since they've only had Battle Royale, it's just been absurd at, like, just the amount of snipers I see. Like, like I think on average, at least three members of a squad in a pub have a sniper in yeah. the back pocket right and it's just i mean look like i don't mind it when i'm playing casually because like i'm just playing for fun because it's meant to be a casual game you know we're trying to make a casual game into a competitive game and i'm sure everybody can realize that warzone is realistically not one of the most skillful games if not probably the least skillful game i think i've ever seen that's it's, it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing honestly because uh, like i've realized it's like i'm i'm trying to play a casual game for money right so sure. like it, you know it's meant to be a game for people who are you know just not anywhere like you know have zero competitive in them when it comes to video games and that's okay but that's why i don't see them doing the sniper chance because all the pub kids love the car 98 like they just love it you know and i just don't see that happening because they're gonna get roasted on twitter by the casuals if they make this change yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure they did get roasted when did it wasn't there a glitch where there was a the car 98 was a one wasn't a one shot. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure I remember seeing under Raven's tweets, people were freaking out over it, like, like it was like they just like lost like a piece of them or something. Yeah, it, it's a it's a really interesting conversation around the the competitive nature of a game. I mean, I think one of the things you can argue is like. It is crazy that, you know, most everybody would classify this game as not competitive. However, there is unreal amounts of money putting into oh, the yeah. competitive scene, right? So it's like this kind of con contrasting idea. And what's the cause of that? And I think ultimately, when you start categorizing what's competitive and what's not, it's more so comes down to what you said earlier. of Like, the skill gap is so small, right? Oh, I mean, dude, the every gun has zero recoil. Like, there's just like, a, like, bro, you can have 10 attachments on a gun. Like, I mean, yeah. that's all that's like, comparing it to older cause, we're like, your most attachments used to be three, four at max if you're absolutely stacking your gun. Right now, it's just like, dude, I mean, I can literally use any gun, put 10 attachments on it, it has zero recoil. I mean, granted, it's not going to kill as fast, some of them, but I mean, dude, the automaton, negative recoil, XM4. You hold on your like your right stick for just a little bit, zero recoil. Yep. Like, every gun just has zero recoil, right? So, like, obviously, it's not a competitive game. It's not, it's not meant to be competitive, but... I mean, with how much money, obviously, Activision has, like, I mean, dude, $10 million to them in literally, what, it's been two years now or three yeah. years since we're done? I mean, $10 million in three years is literally, like, you know, me going to the gas station, right? Like, <laughs> it's just, like, it's it's nothing. And it's, it, like, they're only benefiting off of it, obviously, because it's going to bring in more viewers. Like, I think Aiden at one point, the Verdant's would get 50,000 viewers in Impossible 2 too. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great point. I, I think the skill gap is such a widely controversial thing that needs to be increased to to have some sort of like longevity of, of competitive but, uh, nature I just of the game. Even, I just don't even see how they could do it though. The game, like, it, there's nothing they could do to like if you add more health in this game, right? Like, I mean, I'm, like, what does that even like? What does that even do though? Like, regardless, every gun has zero recoil. I mean, granted, yeah, I could kill more pub kids, but like, yeah, well, then and, then and you customs, start. Customs, like, bro, think about it. Like in customs, like. 
like imagine like the second somebody gets knocked bro you are never gonna win the train battles it's be just like black ops 4 black ops 4 you just body stack because you have stims like and it wasn't the same it makes you slide really far but black ops 4 like if if i'm in a 3v2 versus you you know we have 450 hp you have 300 hp we're all gonna fly into the spot together and like the chances of you killing all three of us um is just slim to none no like yeah no that that's that's a great point that's what i was gonna say like with the skill gap of warzone it doesn't come down to shooting anymore right it comes down the only really opportunities for real skill gap that you can provide is the utilization of stims because that's such a key factor Even right now in so movement corny. they're so, sure. so corny just because bro i was literally dude it was in i think it was in the Bacchus tournament i think it was it was in a different river tournament I was like literally end game and I didn't have any stims or an ammo box and no gas mask. This person that was like next to me had a gas mask, two stims, and a muni box with probably dead bodies around that stim. Dude, he was in the gas for like a minute before I could like I couldn't even do anything about it. Like I don't know. I think that whole thing about stims is really corny and something needs to be done about that because especially end game, like it's not like Apex, right? In Apex, like, the, once the circle gets further into the game, like, you take way more damage in the gas, you know, where, like, you pretty much die, like, in two seconds yeah. towards, like, the last circle. In Warzone, that's not the case. You, you can literally still just be tanking the gas, like, super late game. I mean, and... do you think that's something that you'd like to see them implement, then, is a uptick in damage at, from the storm as circles close? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely kind of kind of stims, but, like I said, I mean, I just don't, like, because... You know, like it takes them forever to update customs to match what pub rules are, what the pubs are like. Right. Because you know, customs, but like, you know, I don't see them making a separate update because the pub, the pub kids would not like that at all. Yeah. They wouldn't like me dying one second in the gas. So yeah. that's where, like, the whole, like, I can make a list of what great changes could happen in Warzone, but it, the chance of them happening, because it's only going to benefit the, you know, what's the competitive community of Warzone, like the 0.01% of Warzone or something like that. You know, it's something like really small part of the actual casual fan base so yeah like, totally. the of, yeah so like i just don't see any of that ever happening unless like they make uh unless they go all out have a rank playlist and there's like a rank that's completely different from pubs but yep and that's that's the big question mark is if they go ranked will it have to be the same as pubs and if so what does that do for some sort of like future competitive scene because mm -hmm. like the idea that you know katie and i've talked about a ton either on on this ep podcast or what have you is is the idea that once warzone 2 drops there's going to be a lot more implemented that isn't currently in the game. I think we're going to see a, a lot oh, of changes sure. to customs, right? We'll see potentially a ranked playlist. Uh, we'll p potentially even see like some sort of Warzone League. I don't know. Like I don't have insider information on that, but it's possible with kind of the plans that we're hearing uh, across the board. And if that's the case, then we have a larger conversation around what does that even look like? Because the game is built for a pubs player. That's their general audience. That's their moneymaker. Uh, if you try to make it into a competitive game, you almost have to restructure the way the game is played as opposed to something like Apex where the ranked in the pro league is essentially the same as pubs. I mean, that's true though. I, I go on top of that, but Warzone and Call of Duty in general have never, they've never really tuned for professional play necessarily at least not in the last few call of duties oh, no, and sure. that that's a difficulty too is that if you're looking from the developer side and they are tuning their game toward casual players that's always going to put a huge strain on professional play and competitive warzone play yeah uh, i know that like so i mean i'm sure i can speak for any any like pro expert or cop player like treyarch has always done it's like like the best right they they like they do everything like blackout's four i mean bro people like blackout was just like obviously like the first cod br and it was great i think blackout was amazing like
like the map was so good i think everything was fine about it but obviously i wasn't a big fan of the armor thing but like and truck had a great multiplayer a great zombies and a great br i think Treyarch knows how to do like everything and but the only issue is is that ever since mw19 came out the casuals like think it's the greatest game in the world right which is you know good for them i'm happy the casuals got a call duty they enjoy but i would personally love to see Treyarch in charge and i'm sure a bunch of pro players would because you know Treyarch does like traditional spawns they make you know I would. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm more a fan of a car, of a cartoon Call of Duty, like Cold War stuff like that. Like I think like a more cartoon call or Call of Duty is better than more mm-hmm. like a like I feel like I'm playing Battlefield now when I play COD, right? Got it's it. not like it's not like the old the old school um, like Call of Duty that everybody well used to love, but sure. Um, and yeah, I mean uh, that's the only way I could see it being like good for pubs and like a ranked is if Treyarch does everything, but. I just don't see that obviously that happening. Yeah, that's super <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah. I um, mean like all the all the pro cop players and the competitor cop players just, you know, all, all we do is think about Treyarch, you know? <laughs> it's just <laughs> Treyarch is just while you're amazing. sleeping while you're laying in bed at night, you're just thinking about Treyarch, man. Just please, uh, please come back. <laughs> it's cause like it's cause they make like actual maps like it's like fun for a casual, but it's also good for competitive. That's what they've always been good at. Like, you know, for the most iconic maps ever stand off and raid, right? Probably one of like the best competitor maps COD's ever had, and it was a great casual map and a great um, like you know pro or like tournament or tournament map and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, I wanted to jump back a little bit, uh, and we'll finish up this conversation. Thanks for you know spending so much time with us talking about these different things. Obviously, all of us are passionate about it in different ways. And um, the last piece I wanted to just jump back to was uh, you had mentioned you know you playing with Mutex and some of these players that played with different players and found different teams. And it's really just been Tommy Almond and Noobs that have played together for really specifically Tommy and Almond that have played together since the very beginning. I mean, everybody else swaps yeah, teammates sure. around, and chemistry is such an important part of the game. Uh, because there is little to no skill gap, that little advantage of chemistry oftentimes will be the reason you win, right? Because you you know how these people play. You've done it a million times. So for you, first and foremost, the, the first question is, I saw your tweet about new duo uh, for tournaments. I know the event that you tweeted that after was a frustrating event nonetheless. Um, you and Mutex have had a lot of success to, together. You've also had some not so much success together uh, in more recent days, uh, not necessarily even to your own fault, more so just the chemistry. So are you looking for a new duo for specifically 2v2s or even into customs? If so, do you have thoughts on who yet? And, and I'll leave it at that first. Um. Well, so Charles initially told me he was taking a, well, he told me he's taking a break from like tournaments because obviously like, during tournament days, like, everybody's live, and, like, if you don't win the tournament, dude, especially, like, how bad you've been playing, like, you just, like, lose, like, relatively quick, and, like, you know, like, you have to flip, so like, he's more of, like, a nighttime streamer, and you have to flip your schedule for the tournament, yeah. stuff like that, yeah, so, like, it's, like, almost, like, you know, at that point, like, especially if we're getting shit on, like, it's just, uh, I'm sorry for cussing, I don't know if I... Oh, uh, you can cuss, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but, You're good. Um, like... You know, it just—it's not especially like the first the next few turns coming up are all customs, and like, it, like we like we've never had like a set like trio customs, and right. uh, he just said he's be taking like a little break from tournaments, and um, so yeah. In the meantime, I cause like I still want to play two twos and all that stuff like that. So yeah, I'm gonna be like looking for somebody right right now. I'm playing with uh, insects. Yep. But um, and we'll see how that goes. But 
Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we just obviously have been performing, and also like, I mean, I've definitely been like slacking off uh, personally. Like, I've definitely not been playing as I, as good as I should be, obviously as I know I can. Uh, but they just said he's taking a break, and got it. So what goes into um what goes into kind of the trial period? So you said you're playing with Intex. Um, what goes into it from one of the people playing the duo to figure out and assess are we going to work well together? And and essentially, obviously, winning is kind of a, a very strong indicator of whether or not you should stay together. But I feel like a lot of time we see duos that have potential that don't stick it out with each other to hit that winning phase. So what goes into it for you when you're kind of starting to trial run new duos? There's multiple things. I want to say it's like a, I mean, I guess you can say the trial run, but I mean, like, number one, obviously, like, you want to play with somebody who gets into tournaments, right? Because I could go find, let's just say, for example, some random demon who obviously I see potential in, but, like, I mean, I don't get invited to every single tournament. I do get a good amount of invites, which I'm thankful for, but I definitely don't get invited to, like, because, you know, some people, like, let's just say, for example, like, Aiden, Tommy, Oscars, anybody like of those people, they're pretty much guaranteed a spot in almost every single tournament, and that's good for them. But I mean, it's it's hard when you're not guaranteed a spot in a tournament, right? It's like I know that's something that's like with insects, like he really hasn't had a duo that gets invited into every single tournament, right? And uh, I feel like I get invited a good amount, so and I know insects is a beast, yeah. And it all it all comes down to literally, I don't even say there's like really. All these players are good enough to kill public kids, man. Like, let's just be real. Like, it, it's like, like we're playing pub kids. Like, you know, the like the casual Warzone player has like what, like a point nine KD or something like that. Yeah. Point eight. So it's it, there's like it's just all about when like like you guys just have to like not have egos, you know, like listen to each other. And that was like one of mine and like Charles' biggest mistakes. Like, we have the similar play style where like, you know, we want to be the aggressor, right? Like. You know, we want to be the person that goes in first. And, like, our biggest issue, I think, was we just died a lot, you know? Yep. Like, obviously, you just don't want to die in a BR versus people and then just, you know, like, you have to watch them kill Timmy Turner, like, you know, to win the game, you know? And that's very frustrating. And uh, I think with Insects, I mean, like, I know he's really passionate about winning because he's never, like, he thinks he's a, he's really good. He's never had the opportunity. And, uh, um, obviously, I'm just going to let him do his thing, you know? Like, I'm going to just play around him. I'm not going to you know, just, like, like you know, uh, force things upon him, and I'm just going to, you know, let him do his thing, and then, you know, I'll just play the back end, just, you know, res if I have to, and just play slower. Sure. That's how I'm going to that's, that's how I'm gonna approach it, because, I mean, let's be real, at the top, like, anybody can kill pub kids, bro. It's just all about, it's all about people taking the backseat and, like, realizing what it takes to win. Yeah. So. Well, I wonder, it's something... <sighs> When we cast you guys, and, and we cast you guys in a lot of tournaments, um, we, we notice certain tendencies with duos. And something that I always noticed with you and Mutex was that oftentimes, if things weren't going well, or there was a tilt moment, you would both start to spiral together and no one would really be there to pick the other one up and try and kind of get the vibes back on pace. And then it, it would feel like you guys were starting to play like you already thought you'd lost. So is that true, my perception of that? And also how important kind of is that to having a duo that can, you know, kind of avoid pitfalls like that of maybe not spiraling together, always having one person who's gonna kind of lift the other one up? Uh, I mean, yeah, that definitely was an issue of ours. I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's 
not like a secret. Like we obviously did have like, you know, moments where we like talk about something and then either one person would just couldn't handle it well or something like that. And I mean, you definitely don't want that. Like, and I think Warzone, honestly, the amount I've played it, I genuinely think it's a game where if you want to play good, you just got to be tilt free. Like you just can't let the little I... things like piss you off. Like, I mean, the other day I died to like, I knock somebody, I take one step in the doorway, I get blown up by a claymore bouncing buddy, right? Like if that was an tournament, yeah, I'd probably get pissed off. Like I'd probably I... get pissed off and but I was playing for fun, so I just said, all right, whatever. And then, like, I still finished the map with, like, 30-plus kills, 40 kills. So, but if that was in tournament, I probably would just been losing my sanity because, like, wow, like, I just, I could lose this because some dweeb has a claim on a bouncing buddy, right? Like, yeah. It's definitely, especially, like, playing for money, it's it's very rage-inducing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that definitely was one of our problems, you know? Like, we, like we'll just get pissed off really fast, and it's just hard to get out of that mindset um well i wouldn't say it's hard because there are people who like don't get pissed but it's just definitely something that when you are frustrated it yeah, is very hard to get back on track yeah it's just chalk yeah, yeah that makes and, a lot of sense i mean that, that literally happened in uh, that happened in the i think it was 150k i mean first round played slack and apathy right and like um like i forgot something stupid happened and like we both just like lost full because you know Verdian loses round one, and probably I think this was the biggest tournament of Caldera, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we were like Verdian loses round one, and then like, we started making a run. But I mean, you know, you can, and then like going into the I think we played losers round four, I think it was. This was Wag and Ahsoka, and literally it's a one and done, right? Which also yeah. I think is literally ridiculous. By the way, hundred thousand <laughs> tournament, you right. you get sent to lose. I mean, granted we are in losers, but I mean like bro, if I'm playing for thirty three thousand dollars each, I'm playing a one and done like i think that's a little absurd yeah and obviously there is like broadcast times and like obviously it can't be going on for 24 hours but right. like i mean dude that's what do you so think about money, something bro? like a double-sided bracket which but was you know, but you know what happened that game we ran into scumming unrational slack and apathy and apathy I... killed me and scumming killed mutex so both of our ghoulies are just gone and uh, now we're like okay well we have one life literally if we both die we're just chalk we're out yeah All because <laughs> another tournament team was in our game yeah, like, it is a uh, best of one is a really, really tough tournament format. I mean, Katie and I talk about this on broadcast all the time. It, it is near impossible, if not impossible, to go down into loser bracket round one and then make your way all the way through. I mean, you have to get just uh, you have to sell your soul. Like you have to get the most god luck you've ever had in lobbies. And oh, yeah, especially because it's a war zone. Like, that's yeah. just, I mean, there's just so much orange. Like I said, I just got into a tournament team. Like, you know, scumming killed me and, and then apathy killed the uh, truck. And it's just like, all right, dude, well, now, like, so then Hisoka and Wag immediately saw the game retires, like, all right, you know, we're bouncing. You know, they left Factory, and they went across the map, right? They yep. didn't see them one the whole game. Yep. So, like, okay, well, that's fun, you know? Like, yes. right. So do you yeah. do you say, okay, let's get rid of best of ones and losers bracket, and we'll kind of finish up with this. I've got one question to, to get your final thoughts on. But, um, you know, we, we get rid of the best of ones. It, it's all best of threes, and we just do a two-day tournament. I mean, if you're playing for 33K a person for first, like, who cares if it's two days? Like, that's totally fine. You run eight hours one day and eight hours the next day, or maybe 10 and 10, depending on how big your bracket is, and it, and it goes a lot better. I mean, it, it, that seems to be the general consensus around the community, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, uh, like I said, I mean, I just, you know, imagine, like, in the, like, I mean, I don't want to compare this to CDL, but, like, imagine, like, LAG had to play all one and dones going up to loser finals, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's just, uh, you know, I think it's a little ridiculous, but um, it just, I mean, I just know how, like, 
how long these tournaments can go with resets and stuff like that, and there's like time restraints. But I mean, I would much rather have like a two, even th if it has to be three day, three day tournament. That's just so much of money line, dude. Like life changing money. Like you know, I don't want a little one and done decide my fate. Yeah. Like, very, I just think. very coin flippy. Um, yeah. Interesting. So interesting. Thanks. Thanks for providing so much uh, of your opinions and thoughts and kind of information from the back end. Um, we, Katie and I love speculating. We love talking about different teams, different teams that might, you know, pair up and things like that. Uh, one of the other things that was tweeted out uh, was that noobs was uh, looking to do him, him and Huskers actually both tweeted out very, yeah, they yeah. broke up. They're no longer dating Uh very amicable split, but they're both splitting up. Where do you think we go from there? I know, I know scumming was maybe teasing. Hey, I, I pair up with noobs. Where do you think both of those players go into two V twos? Well, I'm pretty sure Noobs and Stukawaki are duo now. So are they? I like that. Alert, yeah, spoiler alert, but I think they're the new duo on the block. We like spoilers. <laughs> Any more you have, feel free to add. Uh, yeah, I think that's really it. I don't know who else really stopped playing with each other. What do you think Husk yeah. will do? Who do you think he goes to? Uh, honestly, I really couldn't tell you just because I just don't know anybody that's like available unless he just you know steals somebody which yeah. obviously could be like a husker scumming thing but i just don't think scumming to leave gary but i mean yeah. i really don't know who huskers would uh we would play with i mean i really couldn't tell you honestly i'm trying to think of names but like yeah i know it's it is hard i mean i was doing a lot of conjecturing on it too it Stu was one of the people that was floating around that i was like this makes mm -hmm. sense um, that could go one way or the other. And then, yeah, I mean, if Huskers try to steal somebody like a Joe or like a Brad from each other, or which won't happen, I don't think. And then, you know, the only other option is Scum and, and Gary splitting again. But like, I don't know. I don't know where. I don't think I don't think Scum would do it either. Yeah, super interesting. I'll be curious to see what happens going forward because there's think, uh, a lot more 2v2s. Black, do, you, do you think that there are other duos that should split up? Uh... I really couldn't even tell you what to do besides like the top four, I'm being honest. Um, yeah, consistently. Maybe, like, I mean, maybe like, I don't know. I honestly, all I really, I, what I think it comes down to a lot of these people, like if you're like, like, I mean, I could be just speaking out of my ass, but like a lot of the duos who I see who won in the past are winning more. I just think that they just don't care about parents anymore. I'm being honest. Like there should be like, a lot like for example like i know zillion destroy i've been playing together for a minute now I'm like, like realistically like they should be a top team but i mean like i've seen uh like i don't know i've seen the way like because bro they're playing more apex and warzone now like, yep I'm pretty sure they right. are so like like that just tells me like hey like they don't care you know like they don't want like like they really like they don't care about like uh winning as much as they used to because one probably they probably just don't like the game a lot of people like aiden even tweeted out saying yesterday like he didn't want to play Warzone, like instead of Warzone, like <laughs> right i saw that like you know it just comes down i think like a lot of people just don't have like the full passion to like win because i mean redon 2v2 is way more lit and there is obviously like way more of them but you know they're, like they're not really like tripping over these tournaments but yeah that's a great I mean, take i think i mean i think People like obviously Oscars and News, I think they still want to win. If they're still splitting, you know, if they're like splitting, that means they obviously do want to win. So we'll see how that works out. I mean, I feel like honestly, you're probably seeing back together because this, this, I'm pretty sure this isn't the first time they split. Yeah, I, I think I think they've I'm tried. Sure they've tried yeah. to split before. They came back together. 
and it looks like they're trying to split again yeah i'll be really curious to see where husk goes uh i like the stew noobs play we'll see what uh they're able to do you can send stew out to play uh play a bit more chaotic than he has in the past maybe but um great awesome i love the takes blast i mean katie anything else before uh we let blast go no, uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I think getting your insight, both as, again, having that kind of the pro background and also being able to speak from the competitive player aspect is super valuable to us. So thank you for taking the time. No problem. Yeah, I'm always open and doing these types of things. It's just things do need to be addressed you know <laughs> yeah i love it well we're we're definitely going to continue to talk about it i'm sure you'll be involved in some of those conversations thanks for uh popping in and having a call and uh have a great rest of your day man you guys have a great day as well all right peace brother all right oh my that face that was, that was great shout out to shout out to blast for giving us a lot of behind the scenes yeah i i, I totally agree there's you know shout out to lizard king in the chat the new duos coming in is definitely more content like i i love these conversations around who could play with who whose play styles would play with who katie and i are gonna do a, a deeper dive on that in the future as mm -hmm. more teams get solidified going into kind of this latter half of what i will call uh war zones life cycle going into war zone two because i think a lot of players katie and this is a, a fun conversation to expand into with some of the other tournaments coming up that we can talk about a, a lot some people have the vision of saying look i can what i will call tough it out although a lot of changes have helped uh toughing it out i can tough it out for the rest of the traditional war zone game that we have right now until war zone two because i see the potential of war zone two and what they could offer and maybe will offer right uh because everything is pointing the signs are pointing to warzone 2 being this like almost saving grace not only from right. the competitive scene but also just from a general pub scene of of being able to like uh actually play a game and, and really really enjoy it um so I'll, I'll be curious what they're able to implement but also who stick sticks around and grinds right. these next nine plus months until warzone 2 so that they go into warzone 2 with that advantage it's uh, i think it's a very dangerous thing though for us to talk about warzone 2 like a saving grace because <laughs> sure, sure. i mean that just sets you up for such colossal disappointment and i really think that um not only us but but viewers competitors need to curtail their enthusiasm about it and we, it's just it's a very dangerous game to put all your hopes and dreams of everything you've ever wanted to see into warzone 2 when we know pretty much nothing that's about true. it um so I, I think that's definitely something we have to be careful about but i agree it is a great question of well who's gonna stay around right you have the large streamers who there are streamers who are large not because of Warzone who can go and do as they please. There are streamers who are large because of Warzone and cannot leave sure. and do what they please. Uh, so I think a lot of those people that you're going to see stick around are definitely going to be the ones whose growth and maybe explosion of popularity is directly tied to Warzone. Uh, whereas others like Aiden's, even, you know, Swags, etc., they they are not wedded to this game so they can kind of do whatever they want uh yes they will oftentimes take uh, potential viewership hits but not anything substantial to what they usually pull in um but i i think it was just interesting what blast had to say especially i do kind of want to touch back a little bit on um kind of that wager chat that he mentioned yeah, is yeah. i knew that existed uh, 
feels more to me like the cool kids club than it does. <laughs> like, I do not want that to be the body in which like players decide things. Yeah, I mean, I think a more structured version of that could work, right? Wow. And, and but that's that's all that's been afforded to them right now. I mean, you know, it's funny. I saw somebody in chat say this that's really close to me about like 150 days ago at least. I had put together a document at one point that was like, I even called it like the UWR. Like, you, it, it was, or what was it? Universal Warzone rule set. Yeah, UWR. Yeah. I was like, this is what we need to do. I was like on a mission. But then I was like, wait, I can't execute this. Like, it's gotta be people that are so plugged into the scene that it'll be respected by everybody. And, and I think most people would say competitors, like if we did a poll and maybe we will, most people would say competitors have to have a majority say in the rule sets because they know the best. Now, that is not how necessarily other games operate where you let the players decide everything. We are definitely in the players market. We talked about this last time, Katie, with the number of events that we have, the number of different organizers we have, the players have a huge sway. And so if the players did come together in an organized fashion and in a, what I will call a more professional fashion and said, we want this to be the rule set. We want this to be what we do every single time for customs. We want this to be what we do every time for 2v2s. Then we bring that to production companies. We bring that to the booms, the EPUs, the chain games, the whoever, and say, this is what right. we want. They have their own tweaks and hey, say, look, I understand this is what you guys want. We can give you most of this, but we can't do this because of, you know, limitations with what we're trying to achieve for the sponsor, what right. limitations we're trying to achieve for Activision. Like we can do most of this. They all come together. They make the final decision. Then boom, this is what we do. And then as the updates roll out, they get back together once every month, two months, three months and say, what does it look like to tweak this? Uh, do we need to change this because this gun's broken? Do we need to change this because this gun's broken? And then everybody's on the same page. Then you start seeing a little bit of more love come back for customs, which... I, I totally get where Blast is coming from with 2v2s being the, primor uh, the priority and, and the best, quote-unquote, best form for tournaments. But that's also under the assumption that streamers can stream the events, right? Because I, from the main broadcast side, from me and your side, Katie, it it, it it 2v2s make sense to a degree, like it's a lot of action, but the main broadcast can only provide so much value. Now, I would argue you and I provide great value because we're good at what we do, but in a general sense, main broadcasts don't provide a ton. In customs, main broadcasts are like everything. Like they provide yeah. the overarching view, but that's not where viewers come. The viewers go to their personal streams and then come to the main broadcast for filler content, for extra content, whatever. And on the viewer or the streamer's perspectives during customs, there is a ton of downtime and a lot slower gameplay. So it's a worse form of content for the competitors. So it's, it's a catch 22 because both sides there's issues. And so yes, from a player's perspective, their streams are gonna thrive at a much higher level in 2v2 scenarios. But from an overall event and competitive perspective, I would still say even with the RNG issues that Blast mission, mentioned, mm. customs is the more competitive format. And that's where the issue lies within the Warzone well, community. You cannot argue that 2v2 kill races are more competitive than customs you 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 cannot it is a who kills more timmies that as opposed to what really good player was better than the other really good player uh but but i agree there's there's just so many issues with the uh, as we said the co-streaming concept yeah. um providing more value to viewers to incentivize them to be on that main broadcast uh i think 
there's a lot of things to explore. There's a lot of things we've talked about in previous episodes that we've discussed behind the scenes. A lot of it too is waiting for things like that caster mode that sure. hopefully we will see in, in Warzone 2. Unfortunately, it's just so far away, but providing that value, whether it's the, the third person perspective to be able to analyze fights, whether it's our ability as casters alongside broadcast to take moments, break them down quickly, and then provide that play-by-play -play when we come back from breaks, for yep. example. There's a lot of that that provides uh, kind of information and a quality of product that you will only ever be able to see on the main broadcast. I just don't think we're there yet. Sure. And I really hope that we can get there because that would be extremely valuable. But uh, I mean, I agree. I think I don't think there's anything wrong either with having a rotation of kill races, mini royales, customs. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I mean, I agree with you when, when it comes to something like a 2v2. Is it arguably maybe more interesting because you get to watch someone just steamroll like Superman through everyone in a lobby? Sure. But customs will always be more competitive. And if you are someone looking for a more competitive format, that's where you're going to want to lean toward. Yeah, I would even take it one step further, too. Let's also think about it people at home as well like katie and i are on the back end a ton in these events and i do a lot of conversation conversating i talk to a lot of people about what it looks like to execute for tournament providers um from either a sponsor side or an activision side and those things are very different and let's even think about it from an activision side too in all reality besides of course costs which may come into the conversation and i'm not the most informed person on this to be very clear but i have quite a bit of perspective activision wants people playing their games and they want they want people viewing the game right so when you start talking about ccvs the main broadcast sure it's a, a, a point it is not the most important point you want right. the aidens the swags the whoever playing in your tournament so that you're you start looking at the ccvs of the overall event between all of our co-streamers it is higher if viewers like 2v2s more the main broadcast, who knows? Maybe the main broadcast has more viewers in a customs. Great, whatever. But from an overarching viewpoint of the tournament as a whole, are there more viewers in 2v2s? Probably. If if that mm -hmm. is the statement that is true, that 2v2s are a, a better viewer experience for the streamers, which I would tend to argue, then that will definitely be the case. So from the Activision side too, I could see them wanting to do more 2v2s and more events that the viewers like, more events that bring in more people. AKA, let's take it one step further and transition, Rebirth, right? Like when we start looking at YouTube content, we start looking at views across the board and who's playing what, Rebirth is the dominant map right now, period. Yes. Viewers, uh, content, the, what people are doing on the side and their casual setting, what people enjoy watching, what people are looking up information on. It is Rebirth and there's no question about it. And so because of that, you've seen this massive trend shift towards Rebirth tournaments because they recognize their audience. And so when you start hosting these big Baka Bros 50K events, they, CDLR. That's the CDLR, which is directly tied to the CDL, you can tell they care about Rebirth. And also, Katie, going, jumping back to our Baka Bros tournament, you can also tell it's the Rebirth overall event, not just the main broadcast, because there were some serious issues with the main broadcast and Baka Bros, things that they could have done better to make the main broadcast a super valuable place. But that wasn't the goal. It was the overall tournament experience. And that's where you start delineating between content versus competitive we don't have a warzone league we don't have an algs for warzone so the main broadcast is content not you know here's the overall view this is where everybody's dropping these are the team stats this is which is something you and i like to provide because we're, we're really competitive people but like th that's where we all have to start thinking about these tournaments it's not oh i wish they would do this why aren't they doing this it's more so well they're not doing it because 
X. Like, because this is what Activision wants, because this is what the sponsor is trying to execute, et cetera. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of kind of those external forces uh, are going to push and pull against. If we sit here and say, we want this to be professional, and I will argue that hill until I die, that it's not professional. You, there are no pro Warzone players. You are competitive Warzone players. There, there's all the structures surrounding what that title entails are, are not really present here. Some of them are, but not enough to constitute it. And you have to decide are the sponsors, the TOs, and Activision itself, do, what is their goal here? Is their goal here to get as many eyeballs and as much revenue, sponsorship, etc., as possible? Then it's always going to be in the lens of content exactly as you said it's going to be what's going to be the funnest new thing we can come up with what wacky idea can we implement what crazy thing can we do to get eyeballs on this or do they also actually want to make this something that's more professional in a competitive esports sense if yes then there's going to have to be a lot of changes that come with that there's going to have to be a lot of structural changes as well um but i, I agree with you it seems like very much so the lens is focused on content right yeah. now and the competitive arm of it is definitely secondary whether that is something that they want to change with warzone 2 remains to be seen i, I think again things like cdlr guys if you're unfamiliar it is the um call of duty league uh rebirth resurgence circuit that they're starting there's currently qualification stages going on there will be cdl teams versus qual teams so on and so forth all in the rebirth format we've seen it with world series of warzone i think they're testing the waters in a lot of these things to see if an actually hyper competitive arm is viable yep. uh, but yes for the time being it, it is all about that that content angle which it isn't a bad thing but you are going to continually have the stressor of people who are trying to make their livelihood as competitive warzone players uh, being forced to survive in a content competition environment and that is eventually going to turn a lot of people away yeah i'll be really curious to see what happens with that i'm sure you and i could talk about that for hours and hours and hours but speaking of competitive uh speaking of tournaments things that are coming uh, a couple new things are on the horizon from the tournament scene uh everybody at home if you didn't know there is a fifteen thousand dollar charlie intel warzone tournament that just got announced i'm gonna swap our screens here this might take me a second to delete some of these don't 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 worry about this we're gonna get there okay we're there we're pretty much there uh let's go this this no no uh okay yeah there we go. boom all right we're close you do it so i'm not necessary just pull that puppy up there we go <laughs> we will we will uh we will get a system down for this i think obs ninja is going to be the best opportunity for this but uh anyways you can see the tweet here i'm going to zoom out a little bit so that you guys can actually see it but uh, a brand brand new tournament which excited fifteen thousand dollars but it's also uh the first customs we've seen a little while uh, yeah. This is a trios customs, very traditional format from what we understand. Uh, $15,000 prize pool. Trios are playing six games. That's pretty much all we know. It just got announced today. But, but a cool thing, Charlie Intel is kind of like the namesake for it. Yeah, and that's interesting, guys. If you didn't know, you can hover over Charlie Intel. It is a, an arm of Dexerto. Um, and that is curious to me as well, because you have to ask the question, is this Dexerto's first kind of dipping their toes into the water of working more engagement with Warzone in terms of tournaments? Like, obviously, they will cover drama in Warzone, but they haven't otherwise been, like, deeply, intimately involved in the competitive scene. And if this is 
is an indication of that, then I think there's actually a lot of really rich content that could come out of it. And I, I say content because, again, that's the lens we're looking through. But if this Charlie Intel goes well, then who knows? You might see kind of a bigger presence of some of these news outlets, if you will, maybe yeah. kind of getting involved in putting on tournaments. Um, but I, I like it. I knew that we uh, we knew that this was coming up. We didn't know how much we could talk about it. But hey, if they're going to announce it day of, it makes it really easy for us to have that discussion. But uh, I, I agree. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know if there's going to be any external um, any external Dexardo involvement in terms of how, mu how much they kind of talk about or discuss or promote the event. That'll yeah. be very interesting to see for them. Um, but I think right now, uh, this is great. I really, I, as much as I find kill races to be fun because you're just watching the Terminator, uh, I, I really do enjoy customs for the well, aspect yeah. that forced to have the best playing against the, the best. And it, it forces players to actually think. Yeah, well, for, you know, me and you can talk on broadcast about all the strategies that go into a 2v2 because there are plenty. Uh, we did it for 60 hours in the month of March, literally. Like, it was incredible. And shout out to Bazito and Boom for, for letting us do that. It was so much fun. But there's only so much story you can tell in 2v2. So from a main broadcast side, of course, right. you and I really enjoy customs and we, we always will. Um, and, and speaking of that, Katie, uh, we've talked about how Rebirth is is certainly on the horizon and how or not even on the horizon it's here now it was on the horizon for a while and now it's just tournament after tournament after tournament one of the other tournaments has been leaked as always from players that get invites to the tournaments before they get announced and we can't say anything if we know more we might be leading you on we're not going to say anything that we don't or do know we're only talking about leaks that players have brought up uh, Brittany mm -hmm. Reigns and others. The others were since deleted. Brittany left hers up, so we're going to bring her tweet up on screen. Brittany Reigns tweeted out, there is a another $50,000 Rebirth tournament mm -hmm. coming uh, that seems to be co-ed. Uh, from every tweet that we saw, there was a number of other people that tweeted. We won't shout them out because they did delete their tweets, but Brittany left hers up. It was. It seems to be at, you have to have at least one woman on your team uh, to compete, and it's a $50,000 Rebirth tournament, which is in the midst of we just had a $50,000 Rebirth tournament two days, three days ago, whatever that was, with mm -hmm. Baka Bros. And then we also have the 100K going on that ends, I believe, timeline for CDLR. I, I think the finals on that is like end of this Quals month. Or yeah, calls end this Friday. Yeah, uh, and so I think the I think the finals after the different stages they go through the CDL team. Some of those get weeded out, and then the finals. I'm pretty sure finals is like the 26th or something. I mean, it's like the end of near the end of the month. So we've got that's 200k and three rebirth tournaments in the series of like huh? a month. That's crazy, and uh, you can just tell that they're really focused on it. So excited about that tournament. I think it'll be fun to watch. What I really, really, really want to know. Um, which which I don't know, or if I do know, I can't tell you, and I'm really good at acting, is uh, how it will be, the prize pool will be delineated, because one of the, not complaints at all, but one of the things that has been happening a lot with um, tournament formats, specifically customs, but really just Rebirth, is this idea of like, uh, you know, captains, and you're paying out per game rather than the overall tournament. And I wonder why that is. Like, why do you think it's it's Rebirth tournaments in particular where they're paying out per game or they're doing these, like, captains where the teams are underneath the captains and that's the majority of the payout? I mean, the big Toronto Ultra tournament, which was, like, the first Rebirth right. tournament, was the same way, right? It was, like, based on the number of kills you had, and so it was, like, proportionate share. Like, shout-out to my boy T-Dog had two kills. He got paid out, like, $26 or something. I don't know. Like, th those kind of things, it's just, I don't know why that's the case. Like, I would if that's an Activision call or a production call like it's interesting to me 
Yeah, that's actually something that's really interesting. I know Mazita's still in chat. I don't know if Mazita has any sort of uh, like TO side perspective on why that is. If so, I'd love to we'll hear get him it. on the pod. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm serious. Like if he's here, like I, I'd love to hear that from someone who might know. But uh, I don't know if it's because of the size of the map and the inherent nature of Rebirth that it just lends itself to um, a, a system where it's by map because every everyone is so every map is so quick the map is so small you're having so many interactions maybe people view it as more of a as a more of an rng than caldera and ergo you want to add in prizing per map to make it a little more viable i i don't know there's a million different takes that you could have when it comes to this um so yeah i, I do think uh, maybe we need to grab mazita on but yeah he says maps being quick is the big one players take so long to submit scores uh. is a big one so uh yeah clearly there's a lot of different reasons for this but i i quite like it um i, I really do like how baka bros did it maybe not so much the 5k for the captain um but i did like that there was money on the line per map and there was money on the line for the overall uh, going the distance teams that performed the best um i think it it creates a lot more narrative per map and it creates more pressure for these teams per map because not only are you fighting for that overarching kind of end of the line pay out but every single map there's an opportunity for you to get cash in pocket i think it makes these players lean in a little bit more it also can kind of counteract tilt in a way right because if you're having a frustrating game and maybe you know you're not going to win you know that every single map you could win money doesn't matter yeah, if you're yeah. not going to win the first place prize out at the end you can you always have an opportunity baka bros you had 10 opportunities to win a thousand dollars each for your trio going out for for a 3k prize and i really like that because I, I do think it incentivizes people to always keep trying because oftentimes in some of these tournaments if you're the teams who are bottom of the barrel you're not performing well maybe you had a team that just didn't have a chance of winning at all you 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 see people start tweeting hey does anyone have chows like you know yeah, they, they right, right, right. on the tournament and when you see people actively basically saying i don't care about what's going on anymore it's a bad look yeah. so I, I do think this also tends to counteract that a bit because there's always that hope there for every individual map that maybe you can steal it away and make that play and get some money man that's a uh, man see i love the Zeta. it's a great question too of i mean it's a great point to make too of like the score reporting it, which comes back to the idea of like please god everything that is good and holy in warzone 2 can we just have an in-game leaderboard like that's all i want just give me an in-game leaderboard it has everybody's place it kills on it you can scroll through it like they'll even have to be in the caster mode it could be the player mode i don't care i mean maybe that like there's opportunity for harassment there because you can see everybody's names right. i don't know but in customs like please that's all we need so that the score reporting is just so much more streamlined because right now it relies on streamers who are running thousands person streams are competing for money it re requires them or their mods to submit the scores that goes through like the admin process who then submits it onto a sheet the sheet is then read onto a, a graphic most likely on main broadcast and it's brought up and in rebirth the games go so quick and you're back into the map so fast that that does make sense that like it's just Imagine harder to track to an api yeah that's what doug said in chat yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be so beautiful. Just give us the API. Give us the back end, man. Well, they, well, I, I don't know how much I can say. They definitely will not do that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, but if they did, it would be really great, but they won't. Um, 
anyways that's really interesting yeah i i uh the every map money is not a bad thing uh, the one thing i do like though is the overall storyline of the tournament so a proportionate share of both directions is always a great a great way to do it aka similar to what the baka bros did i i per personally would prefer more like 50 50 in prize pool rather than you know more on one side than the other but you have to make it worth it per map for it to even be an incentive so interesting thoughts interesting comments um Okay, so so we talked about the 50k that's coming up that we can't say much more about, even if we know more. The 15k has been announced. Also, we can say this. I don't think this matters. Katie and I will be casting that 15k pretty, at least most likely, allegedly. Yep. Uh, you know, Katie and I will be casting that, which is super exciting to go into a customs together again. Uh, that'll be a fun point. Um, and then uh, in terms of... Oof, okay. There's a couple different things we could jump here to kind of finish off the pod. There's yeah. some really spicy stuff. And <laughs> I, I, I think yes. we have we have a, a, a teaser, Call of Duty teaser. I'm not too much worried about that because I kind of want to stick to the, the comp scene. Today, I think maybe right before we went live, um, Clutch Belk tweeted, and I think it's worth having a conversation around this, Katie. Yep. Uh, yes, yes. let's let's jump into it uh quick right. quick background i will mm -hmm. give the the spark notes version if you will spark notes can sponsor us if they'd like uh yes. to the clutch belt situation a lot of crazy things would happen happen with clutch belt um i don't i don't want to do the overall uh situation injustice by giving it the spark notes version but i also am not the authority on exactly what happened i know a lot about what happened um some really intensive sexist remarks were uh put towards one of the female competitors in the scene swisham um in in particular and it, it devolved into this r overall really bad toxic environment um clutch got called out for it it went semi-viral to some degree especially in the war zone space and uh, he has since apologized to some degree there was an original apology he then apologized essentially for the apology and a longer process uh, came through that but sexist remarks kind of we'll say this from what we're able to say like uh organizers and uh I'll, I'll say organizers weren't really willing to to bring him back into the space because of what happened i'll stop there uh because of that he hasn't been offered a spot yet nobody has been willing to take the chance on him yet and this is not the first time he's tweeted something like this of like give me a time frame when can i come back is it possible for me to come back because if you guys remember i mean blast even said it in the in the pod was like z and d z laner and destroy haven't won anything in a while like they should be at the top they've been playing together for so long it was dbz it was clutch belk and uh yeah. in in well, conjunction and clutch. Yeah, yeah and they were dominant they were disgusting i mean they, the, the only good. other trio that was competing against there was two other trios really competing against them for like the best trio in the game which was tommy elman and noobs of course and then husker scum and, and um unrational gary those are like the only real true three behemoth powerhouses. Once Clutch Buck was taken out of that equation, uh, you know, destroying Zealand really haven't had been able to put too much together uh, since he's been gone. And I every single tournament that has come out in the last, who knows, Katie, I mean, really the last couple months in particular, he's, you know, he's been asking for a spot saying, what can I do? Is there a way I can make up for this? Blah, blah, blah. Zealander has come behind him and said, hey, is there a way we can get him in here? You know, there's, there's always room for second chances, blah, blah, blah. And, and, I don't think you and I have the ability to say whether or not he should or shouldn't, but there is a larger conversation around how quickly people can get kind of exiled out of the scene because of things that have happened. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's the thing with this, right? Is, um, and I don't know if we want to pull up that tweet from him because it does have responses in it by Swish and Queen Shadows. Um, but 
the the problem in this situation is that um clutch did not handle it well um at the, his, at the beginning yeah no at the beginning and honestly throughout this he has not handled it well and here here's the thing i'm gonna give like kind of the the callous pr take is that uh clutch's fumble in the bag really bad if i don't even care if you're lying like if i'm talking from clutch's perspective here if i'm clutch and i don't feel bad about this then put out a direct apology to swish reach out to queen just bite that bullet even if you think you didn't do anything wrong apologize to them and you would have been back in these tournaments a long time ago that that is the very much devil's advocate like callous take i don't know if that's how he feels i am just conjecturing yeah sure or if you're sincere and you do feel bad why did you not ever privately reach out to them uh, swish's response to him is is he has me blocked i do believe in second chances and that people can better themselves but i never got a genuine apology or direct message that is exactly what queen says as well i believe people deserve second chances but you never directly apologized to swish or me or tried to have a conversation i, I have also heard that from other people who were involved in the situation that there was no direct um remorseful in any sense or or otherwise um dialogue that was occurring sure. that that wasn't a dialogue of of why am i being punished let me back uh, kind of whining if sure. you will and, and you're just not gonna get anywhere with that attitude whether you need to be political be a little politically savvy about how you go about this there have been multiple avenues for him to get back into the competitive scene and i think being obstinate and um being kind of bullheaded about this is not paying him dividends and uh, i think at this point it, it's never too late to apologize for something it's a and great song. it's not like swish and queen swish and queen are not bitter shrews who are gonna hold this over you forever because fuck you no if he reached out to them and was like hey i know this is like overdue but i'd like to have a conversation i'd like to actually talk with you and apologize i am so confident that they end up having a conversation and if everyone is mature about it then things get resolved things move forward and his ability to compete at some point returns to him but until yep. something yep. like that happens uh it's just not going to it's not going to occur like if you're gonna sit here and whine about not being allowed into competitions but people behind the scenes have not seen anything substantial from you outside of the whining you're not going to be let back in that's just how it goes well, I, let's be very clear here right if if let's say outside of the original stuff that happened even queen shadow says you made a, a general apology about the situation but never a personal one you said that perfectly i pulled it up on stream and here it is again this is the this is the big thing and katie said it fantastically right it's the general apology is fine. That is never going to get you anywhere. If there is this exile and this, I don't even want to use the word blacklist because that's uh, and saying that like activations involve some way, which we don't know whether they are or not, or, or can't right. say if we do, um, you know, aside from all of that, the only way, especially with how like how, how rough this situation was at the beginning, the only way you get back into the scene, like Kitty said, is directly and with 
no holds barred at all go to queen shadows go to swish them go to anybody else involved and say outside of social media let's dig in and have a real conversation together where i can personally apologize to you for what i said um i don't need to explain why i said it i just say look this was wrong i know i'm wrong and he has said that in a general way but not to them say look is there a way that you know i can make this better what are some things that maybe i could do better in the future like those types of conversations with the women directly involved then speak volumes to when he does look for an invite to a a tournament or being able to play as the third or fill on a a tournament having somebody like swish saying hey i believe in second chances i was the actual person involved in the situation and of the damage done in this scenario i don't even think I, I don't think it's a like a boom or an e-fuse or an Activision or whoever's a, like uh, decision. I think it's ultimately Queen Shadows and Swish in, until I, he directly talks to them. I'm not saying they have the power, but until he directly talks to, talks to them and says, look, let's talk this out in Discord. Let's go through all of this and, and let me apologize. Then Queen and Swish can get behind him if they would like to and say, look, we believe in second chances. He had personal conversations with us. You know, that that that's the only way forward. Only way only way forward and you cannot then bitch on social media you cannot bitch like step one just go to them Uh, again i don't i don't care if he like he may think it's bullshit he may not i don't know i don't care go and apologize like these are the objective like steps for him to get where he wants to be yes 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 go to them apologize humble yourself whether you're authentic or not don't care go apologize to them and then continue to strive to be in these tournaments. Maybe reach out to the TOs, tweet about it. Do not bitch. Do not bitch. Do not sit here and be like, oh my God. Wow, I, I can't believe just the whole world is working against me right now. Sure. This is such bullshit. Like, sure. no, don't bitch on your stream about it. Don't bitch on Twitter about it. Don't make snide side comments. Don't don't have mom's girlfriends and who fucking ever going out and being up in arms in this. Sure. Apologize. And just wait. It will happen. You will get the ability to come back. And until that occurs, this is just going to be a cyclical, oh, why is this happening to me? Well, you never directly apologized. Oh, why is this happening to me? This is such bullshit. Well, you never, it's just going to go in a circle over and over and over again. And there is such an obvious path forward that he just needs to take. It's not yep. hard. It is It is objectively the path of least resistance. And I don't know he's tr- why he's trying to like run into a tree head on yeah. when he could just walk down the dirt path. Yeah, no, I mean, I think like when you really start thinking about this, Katie, you said it perfectly. You, you said it perfectly also from like a PR manager's perspective too, of like this, these are the steps. This isn't like we hate Clutch Belk. This is, these are the steps to get back in. You can, if you want to, bitch on the timeline. It's going to get you nowhere. If anything, it'll hurt you in this sense of getting you back into the seed. And that's the key point. You do whatever you want with your social media. I, I'm not going to tell you how to run it. But if you went back into the scene, here are the obvious and apparent steps that I think anybody with a little bit of PR training or maybe common sense, I don't know what it is, could get you back to that scene and get you back into that. And if you look at what we're saying or looking what other people are saying or look at what Swish and Queen said and say, I already did that, do it again in a much more personal manner. That's the only answer. Because obviously whatever's been done now hasn't worked, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. Like, just don't... You don't have to be the person who... Being the person who's in the wrong... And your response to that is to back yourself into a corner swinging 
while also screaming about why you've been backed into a corner, you backed yourself into the corner. You are the one who did that. And uh, again, this this path forward is just so incredibly obvious. And I, I mean, there's also there's also external uh, circumstances. I know uh, we have Modern Warzone in, in chat saying hasn't he actually grown on Twitch so not, since not being able to compete. There is also kind of these perverse disincentives uh, when you have a community that is saying, you didn't do anything wrong. Don't apologize. Fuck the system. Fuck her. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they're like, we're supporting you because you're sticking it to whatever. And there is a perverse incentive for you to to kind of get entrenched in that mindset where you're like, well, my chat's telling me I'm not wrong. And I don't think I'm wrong. And so why should I apologize? Because because all the all the feedback loop I'm getting is that I didn't do anything wrong and I can't cave to the mob. And that's that's really a super it's a horrible mindset to have because DBZ in particular, like I look at this from a competitive standpoint, they were an incredible trio. Yep. I want to see the best players at Warzone competing against each other in Warzone. I want the highest skill ceiling of competitive play possible. And when I have one of those players who is behaving in such a kind of silly manner about something, it's frustrating to me. It's super frustrating to me when, again, the path is there. Yeah. Just take the path. Yep. All you have to do is take that path. But if you can't swallow your pride for whatever reason, whatever reason it would be, there's a million of them, it's just... It's frankly really shitty to me to know that the competitive aspect is missing a puzzle piece because that puzzle piece just refuses to complete the puzzle for some reason. Yep. And could have taken those steps a while ago, to be totally fair, too, right? Like, it could have been something even more immediate, even if he didn't recognize how bad it really was immediately when it happened and the initial apology was a little whack. Like, coming off of that and doing a second apology that wasn't personal it is it, it seems so obvious that all it takes is just hey let's get let's get down into the nitty-gritty if i truly believe right. that dbz was going to take me to the moon which I, honestly i was a huge proponent of i mean katie i remember i talked to clutch belt in person about dbz and how much of a, a, a value proposition it was for him being the quote-unquote smallest of the three because he yeah. was as talented as the other two you know at least to some degree had won a number of tournaments without them they group up they start winning and they're not losing i mean they're podiuming almost every single event it was gold so they're one of the best trios to yeah. watch because of the vibes yep. the vibes were just absolutely impeccable it got you hyped to watch them and i mean guys z is playing all the time with doc like yeah, it's game over. Is a huge streamer like you are only hurting yourself by doing this and this is this is just not the hill to die on. And I know a lot of these guys are all about acquiring the bag. You are fumbling that bag down a hill <laughs> and it is rolling farther and farther away from you and you're refusing to go run after it. Just go fucking pick up the bag. Yeah, yeah, it, it is tough. And I will say like he knows, you know, I think uh, some of the complaining, if you would call it that on the timeline is certainly due to like his stream and, and things going a little bit lower because he's not competing. That was his main like content piece. We go back to Warzone content. It's competing. That's really all we have besides meta weapons and, and those types of things on you. YouTube, like from the streaming perspective competitors are winning out um on, on warzone right now so super interesting conversation happened today i'm sure there'll be more on that conversation the more the longer and longer this goes it was dormant for a while he let it rest and now it's back under the forefront of most everybody's mind i mean every tournament tweet there has been 
uh, free clutch, free clutch, free clutch. And it's like, hey, clutch, yeah. let's let's free ourselves here. Like, let's let's do it ourselves first. And then if, you, if that's where we have to go to next. The cell that you're currently yes. in. You, you're holding the key. I don't know if you've recognized that it's a key, but it is in fact key and you can use it if you want to. I, I don't know at this point if it's just easier for him to cry that he's in the cell well but i think he can get himself out of it i think he believes he's done the steps necessary and then he's not getting yeah, the no. opportunities and i think it's clear from at least our perspective on the outside looking in that he hasn't i mean when, no, when both... he has done the steps that he believes are necessary right, right, he has right, right, not right. Done the actual steps that are are necessary in this and and power mind just to kind of um verbally say what you're asking yes i i can say both uh, on twitter there are lots of people like destroy and zlander who have said they want to they want to play with him and there are people behind the scenes when it comes to replacements or questions to tournament organizers who consistently ask if they are allowed to bring him into a tournament and um in, in a case like that, yes, people very much so. If he's allowed back in tournaments, he will instantly get packed up. Instantly. Yeah. Um, definitely. Well, th that's about all we wanted to say on that topic. It is a very big conversation in the competitive scene because he was such a massive player in the scene specifically dbc so yeah I, hey look katie we hit a lot today uh we yeah. are we are about an hour 45 in this is our target blast was a pleasure to have on there's more yeah, stuff that yeah seriously he gave us a lot of insight from the player side we're going to continue to bring on more comp players and specifically talking about tournaments formats what they like what they don't like wh what are ways they can work with tournament organizers better perspective it's always great to have because the tournament scene is still thriving despite what people may think there's a lot of events happening and excited to be able to cast those events as well as bring you more information around them so thanks to everybody tuning in there's there's more we can talk about there was a godzilla post i know doug's tweeting about it talking about it maybe doug and i will hop on a different podcast and talk about more general call of duty warzone stuff because that godzilla stuff looks crazy and if it affects tournaments well we're going to be seeing customs for a while um so stay tuned for that but hey chat thank you guys seriously for tuning in this is the bot lobby podcast this is uh everything there is to know about competitive warzone we are talking about tournaments and tournament specifically we're talking about the comp scene what changes need to be made what things are happening and of course i mean we didn't even we've got to say this on broadcast katie it's in our graphics in our announcement graphic shitter's digest is is the portion of our podcast where we bring up twitter and we look through a drama whether it's conversations around uh, new players new teammates uh you know people having drama between them scumming accusing people of hacking whatever that's the shitter's digest we love a little too much spice and it's all gonna be in shitter's digest guys and uh like we've got we've got a lot more in the works and as always as well um you can dm me dm goge but yes. um if there are people you want to see on the podcast if there's topics that you want discussed if you have questions that you would like to ask to have answered please uh don't hesitate to reach out to us i, I think goge yours are but i know my dms are open yes. um so feel free to reach out to us but um again as always we are trying to make this the space within competitive Warzone, where we can have nuanced, layered discussions about serious topics and maybe not so serious topics, but provide a forum for it where we can really dig deep about things. Yep. And uh, as a reminder, Smixie on, by the way, White. If she, yeah. were, I know she was in chat here earlier, but we'd love to have Smixie on if she ever wants to. The more competitors, the better. As a reminder, you can find Katie and I on Twitter, Grandmaster Goes on Twitter. She's World's Bedford on Twitter. They're both linked in the chat right now. We also have uh, this eventually. We're, we're kind of in the swing of things right now. We will have uh, all of the VOD content here 
on my Twitch will go to YouTube, trimmed on both sides, so you can watch it in its entirety, start to finish, interview with Blast and everything. Ideally, of course, we would like to timestamp that for you. We'll keep you updated on that. But in regards to that, this is this may or may not go on the audio version. Check this out, chat. And everybody listening over there on Twitter, there's like three of you because everybody came over to Twitch because you guys are amazing. Listen, we are looking for somebody directly tied into the social media space to essentially play the executive producer for this show. What do I mean by that? Really, really simple. You know when I start messing with overlays and stuff and I screw it up because I'm using Discord screen caps rather than other things? Yeah, you, you're that guy or a girl or a woman or whoever yeah. to help us with that so that I don't have to do that live. Also, you'd be helping us with posting onto YouTube. Very easy because you just trim the beginning and end and have an understanding of how to tag, how to thumbnail, and can handle those things to then be able to push it live on the audio version as well as the YouTube version. Those are things I can do. Those are things that Katie can do it's not like oh we're just too busy we're big no it's we want somebody that's an expert that can do it way better than us so that we can continue to grow uh the yeah. podcast etc does that make sense so if you guys are interested in that please dm us on twitter again explanation point socials will bring us both up as well as explanation point podcast will be where the vod content leads to um an inaugural episode katie fantastic so much fun i know our our uh episode negative one if you will with shifty was a blast as well and we had a lot of great uh people at home giving us a lot of insight i see og pickle in the chat you're a freaking legend i hope you're having a great time uh today <laughs> but um i think that's it katie anything else shout out uh shout out your major socials before we close this thing out no, uh, World's Bedford on Twitter, Katie Bedford on Twitch. Appreciate the follows. Appreciate the support here, guys. Um, but no, th I, I think that's about it. Next steps are looking solid. But again, we'll consider Smixy. And guys, please don't hesitate. Any questions, suggestions, uh, throw them into our inboxes. We want to read them. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're going to get like a jingle or something too with our executive producer. <laughs> so just ping us if you're interested. We'll make a tweet about it as well. You guys are incredible. Thanks for the support. Thanks for all the subs as well and follows. Um, looking forward to doing this more. See you guys in the next one. Peace.